Good morning and good evening to those listening. It is Tuesday, March 9th, 2021, and I'm interviewing Tyler Moore about his walk with Jesus Christ. At least, that is what I would say to someone that I'd be asking questions to about their testimony. Instead, I'm giving an autobiography of sorts since I'm speaking on behalf of myself. I think it is only appropriate to first state my own testimony before I begin to ask others about theirs. The best leaders in the army were always the ones who led at the front and side by side in the dirt with their soldiers. Being a servant leader, something we should all strive for. It's probably apparent, but I would like to touch on it so that on it that I'm not a great orator. Speaking I find more difficult than writing, and when I am in a normal setting and in relaxed, I ramble and get lost in thought. It doesn't do well for stating my testimony, for keeping on the subject matter, as a million ideas about things that may seem unrelated will pop into my head. My wife, unfortunately, has the burden of being my translator at times for those around me, even with people who I'm friends with. So. Needless to say, reading off this script I've pre-written is for the best to keep myself on track and concise. I'm encouraged by the examples of Moses and Paul, who even considered themselves to be poor speakers, and still were emboldened by the Spirit to do God's will. Some background on myself is that as of this recording, I'm 30 years old. I'm going on four years married to my beautiful wife, Christine, this May. God has not blessed us with children yet, but we have four furry creatures that bring a smile to our face each day. Two cats and two dogs. I currently work for a commercial pesticide company and reside close to the area of Fort Worth, Texas. Some titles or taglines that someone could attach to me is that I live in the country, that I am an avid video gamer, an army combat veteran, a college graduate, a sibling of four fantastic brothers, a son of two wonderful parents, and a loving husband to my best friend, my wife. Now, while these are titles I am proud of, I also have some that I am not, that have been a part of my life, and are still very true. I am a college dropout. I am a sloth and a glutton. I am a drunk and a druggie. I am a liar and a coward, a thief and a fornicator. I have been and done all these things, some I still struggle with today. I need you to listen closely, because I speak these things to be as honest and frank with you as possible, to just be outright genuine with you. There is an immediate danger to those who are listening that need to become aware of, and those that have faith need to become emboldened to say, I cannot tiptoe around because the hour may be at hand for those who don't believe. I'm not proud of these bad titles, but even my good titles could not save me from my own self, the sin that exists in this world. There is an eternal destination for me, and I know that I could never live up to that standard set forth by the creator of the universe, and that applies to you as well. The greatest title or association that, can, that anyone can have is being a child of God. Nothing can come close to this desperately needed and wonderful gift because without it we would be eternally lost from the one person who truly cares about us and with it we are eternally with the same person who saved us 
I can thank God every day and I can say each morning that Jesus Christ is my friend. He's my Lord and my Savior. I need him daily and without him I'm nothing. God has emboldened my walk with testimonies and testimonies are the main influence for what drew me to publish this website. It's a little ironic for someone who is a poor speaker to be drawn to people speaking. I feel that while there are bits and pieces of people throughout the internet that you can find testimonies of, I've always felt that the lay person was lacking in this space. I feel testimonies being shared are predominantly about the famous, someone with a theological background, or about an immediate shock and awe type of moment with God that transformed someone's life. I'm not saying that these are bad, uh, nor would I exclude them from this database I would like to collect, but there are more Christians out there that are not the predominant features of the body. In another way of saying these testimonies are great, but they don't make the whole of the body. The face, while visible to everyone, cannot do what the toad does and the hand cannot possibly achieve what it sets out to do without the elbow. Even the bottom of Christ has its place and its purpose. My point is, is that I want these areas that are often overlooked to be shined within our community for the purpose of building believers up in Christ and encouraging them to share their testimony. Secondly, it is with hope that someone who doesn't believe could Google or search this site for someone that has or had a similar background to them to be encouraged by that person's testimony of accepting Christ so that for them to be convicted to see that Jesus Christ is real, that he is king and wants to have a relationship with you, with them. That whatever dark hole they may or may not be aware of of their life and that they are in, that they can get out if they just grab the rope that Christ has let down for them by his grace. Excuse me, by his grace. This is a rope I'm all too familiar with. I know how hard it is to accept Christ into your life. I lived a certain lifestyle and was acclimated to it. I didn't believe. My life did not line up with what the Bible said, and I did not want my life to change or be altered by it, by Him. I didn't want to give up certain things. I felt happy with the way things were going. I was raised Catholic, baptized as a baby, and went through confirmation. I attended Bible studies, youth camps, and went to church just so I wouldn't be grounded for playing video games when I came home. I enjoyed the classical and Latin music that I would hear in the worship, but I never enjoyed Mass. I never understood the meaning of the hymns and never read the Bible for myself once. I would often find myself goofing around with my brothers, brothers more often than paying attention to what the priest had to say. I was acclimated to the culture around me at school, and only in a historical context did I know Jesus existed in reality, not that he in reality was the Son of God, the Son of Man, God himself in the flesh. After I graduated high school, I went to college and party. And not just a little, but a lot. 
That became my life and my goal to just get messed up or have as much fun as possible. I failed college and so did the only logical thing to do. Join the army and join before my parents found out. This was of course to the dismay of my mom. I signed up to be an infantry like my older brother who already had a deployment to Iraq. Uh, the main reason why uh, I hid this from my parents was because of what I saw my brother Kyle went through. <laughs> so sorry mom. I graduated infantry school and was soon stationed with the 101st at Fort Campbell, Kentucky. In four short months of being there, I was to deploy with my unit for a year to the Kunar province of Afghanistan. With the possibility of death lurking in my mind, I had three distinct thoughts in my head about the reality of the afterlife. First, that nothing existed, and when you're dead, you're just dead. At best, there is a God who I can spend time with, secondly. And then third, at worst, there is a judgment for my actions on this earth. My search for this answer began with the later, the one I felt most dangerous, the one most prominent. So I looked to my upbringing. With Jesus in particular, at worst, Jesus had some good philosophies and lived a certain lifestyle that should inspire us to be good to one another. This was what I thought at the time, like he was a Gandhi or Martin Luther King, Mother Teresa and the alike. But on the other side, what if, at best, he is God and my Savior, and he is the only way I could ever be redeemed or saved from an eternity in hell? that he was more than just a crazy good teacher spouting that he was God. That his, what would be deemed an insanity by this culture, by our culture today, is in fact a reality. That he's saying that he is the I am is true. And when I began seeking Jesus Christ, questions I had about God, about Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, began to fill up in my empty cup. And when my cup overflowed, I had to go get a bucket. And when my bucket overflowed, I had to get a tub. And when that tub overflowed, I just remember it feeling like an endless torrent of water of just never-ending answers to my questions. Of just God revealing himself daily to me. And every fiber of myself couldn't believe it. I mean, how could he be real? But everything was right there. Every question I had and every doubt answered. I would tell myself, look around, Tyler. All these scholars, these people more intelligent, more influential, more successful than you, don't believe in Jesus. Look at all the other religions. Look at the abundance of people that consistently deny him daily. Who are you to question them? To question society and the majority of this world? How are all these people wrong? What evidence is there? I became overwhelmed. 
and would continually push aside the information I searched for, the information that was the answer. This torrent of water I would try to ignore. This is what I sought out, this answer. I didn't want him to be real. That didn't match my agenda. I wasn't expecting Jesus Christ to reveal himself to me. How foolish I was to think, well, I thought I was seeking him, though. He was there the whole time, waiting for me to answer his calling. I can't tell you an exact day that I became saved. But I know I decided to believe in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and my life has forever been changed since. I can state that after accepting the reality of Christ as my God, and ten years ago, a little bit longer now, in Afghanistan sometimes, my life didn't suddenly poof. You are now holy and devout. You will do no wrong. You are now no longer a sinner. No. I still had what I felt a sludge in my life that I couldn't get rid of. That I felt I couldn't get rid of. That I still struggle with today. That same sludge I felt prevented me from coming to him or letting him into my life constantly. I would continually think that I have to be a certain way before I go to God, before I go to church, before I have fellowship, before I open up the Bible. I'd be ashamed. I would look at the Bible and go, no, not today, God. God, I sinned. I can't go to you. God, God, I did that thing. I looked at that thing. I felt that desire in my heart, God, for the flesh. God, whatever that thing is, I can't be with you right now because I'm unclean. How foolish. I felt that I had to be on his good side or that I have to work on myself before I could ever come to God or be in a relationship with him. And it's taken me years, years to realize that it, that it does matter what is wrong with me, that Jesus will handle whatever the problem or sludge is I bring his way, that he will clean me up. Because when you go to clean something up, you don't use a dirty mop. And that's what we are. When we, and I'm rambling now, I'm not, I'm off script, so I apologize. But when we're that dirty mop and we're trying to clean up our dirty mess, it's easy to say that that mess isn't going to get cleaner. You might have a few clean spots here and there that open up somehow miraculously. But it's all still going to be dirty. Only Christ with his perfect and holy mop could ever clean us up. And let me restate, I'm no means a perfect man. And as I said before, that sludge, some of it, I still struggle with today. And I even mess up in new ways daily, in ways I never even saw before, God reveals to me. And I say it firmly today as I said it before, thank God for Jesus Christ. There is no way I could ever live up to the standard that God expects from us, that he has shown us in his word. Thank God for his grace and salvation and for dying on the cross for me. Because I know on that judgment day, I would never be able to meet his holy and perfect standard. Because even one sin would separate me from his eternal love. 
Yes, stealing that one candy wrapper off the store shelf. That separates you. It causes such a divide between you and his perfect holiness. Remember, perfect being the key word here and holy because what is perfection? It is 100%. It's not 99.999. That little tiny gap still is great enough for you to fall and be in eternal damnation from him, internally separated from him. So thank God for his grace and salvation, for his gifts from his son. Because I know on that judgment day, I would never be able to meet his holy and perfect standard. Because even one sin would separate me from his eternal love. And Jesus Christ is that bridge that allows us, even with our sin, to become holy and redeemed in his eyes. Because Jesus paid it all. His blood is sufficient for me. His blood is sufficient for you. His blood is sufficient for all of us because he paid it on the cross for each and every one. All of his creation has been covered by it. But that doesn't mean you're saved. The other part is having faith in him. It's a gift he's now holding out and you have to choose to accept it. And let me tell you, there are some questions that you will look and look for and you'll never find a satisfying answer to because it relies on faith. Faith is the that little leap that you have to take for answers that no one in the world can say without a shadow of doubt could ever occur or has occurred or how can that be. Uh, take a look at, I don't know, his birth from a virgin woman. Well, that's not possible, right? To our brains and to our experiences, everything says no. And to God coming down as a man, why would he do that? And then dying on a cross, what what does the cross have to do with it? And then revelation, you look at how heaven is. I mean, there's just some things that are so spectacular. His death, his resurrection, his birth, that you do have to take it by faith. Because if everything else lines up to be true, then maybe, just maybe, there was a flood. That creation was created by God in the beginning. It wasn't just a big bang. God doesn't leave you empty-handed when you put your faith in Him. He provides you with the Holy Spirit. He is constantly with you, guiding you and transforming you. This transformation can take time. In fact, about a year ago, I finished reading the New Testament on my own for the first time. Let me repeat, I have been a Christian for 10 years, and I just, a year ago, finished the New Testament. Just one half of the Bible, more or less. Old Testament's kind of long. In either case, I'm either just a slow reader, or it took that long and that many days, that many struggles, and his abundant patience and his abundant love in order for me to take me from where I was to where I am today. And like any relationship, how am I supposed to know what he wants from me if I don't spend time with him? If I've never spent any time talking to my wife, how would I know her needs or desires? How would I know the love that she has for me? I wouldn't. 
And I can know Jesus' love and uh, God the Father's love and the Holy Spirit's love for me from his word. His word is eternal. So his word, no matter what page I'm flipping to in the Bible, it's him talking to me. There's some lesson, if I take the time to read and to listen, that is speaking to me today. And it doesn't matter if it's the same passage I've read 200 times. He will talk to me where I am at that moment. His grace and salvation is not an excuse to still live in that old way of my life. Or even commit new sins. Whether accidental or excuse me, whether accidental or intentional. But thank God that he looks to each new day of what I need to focus on for the present. And the present is the eternal perspective of his kingdom and his glory for the benefit of mine, yours, and everyone's relationship with him. So don't be afraid of what sludge you might bring to God or what sin might occur even again in your life because God already knows he knows what you are doing he already knows what you have done he already knows what you will do in the future because he is God and he is a God that loves you so much that he died for all those sins past present future and defeated the sting of death by rising from the grave and he is promising the same eternal life and resurrection if you just accept this gift of grace. he offers freely by your faith in him Jesus Christ and don't be afraid of the change or the life altering transition that comes with putting your faith in Jesus Christ because he will meet you where you are remember he already knows there's nothing to hide and there's nothing that will surprise him if you take each new day in hand with him I guarantee he will guide you and teach you with love discipline so that you are where you need to be to become more Christ-like. And it's okay to not understand everything right now. It's okay. Let me say this right now. It is okay to not understand all of it or any of it. Just focus on the fact that you need Jesus in your life. That there's a hole in you. I don't know what it is, but there was a hole in me. And he has been the only thing to ever fill it up. His water is everlasting. Everything else is temporary. The drugs, um, sexual pleasures, uh, drunkenness. My own, I mean, you can take any pleasures of this life and it will be temporary. The riches you gain, the riches you don't have, all that is temporary. When you die, it's eternal. This is such a short period of time in our lives. And you need to understand that this short period of time, has God has allowed us a choice. A choice with it to choose him or to reject him. And he's going to respect it. He's going to respect your decision because you're not a robot. And let me tell you, the best part is you don't need any other human to say a particular phrase or do a particular action to have faith, to talk to him. Just open the door to him and have faith in him. Faith in Jesus Christ. I encourage you to buy a Bible. Spend time in prayer with him and his word. And find a church that speaks the truth of God to have fellowship with. I beg you, 
Don't wait for a sign or a miracle in your life from God to believe in Him. Everything you need to know about God and what He has done is in the Bible. Don't expect burdens or struggles to magically disappear because God does not guarantee a life without those. He does guarantee victory from death and eternal life free from sin when you put your faith in His Son, Jesus Christ. Even the people who saw Christ do miracles mocked Him at His death and stated to save Himself off the cross if He was the Messiah. Uh, in Mark 15, 31-32, you can look this up. The chief priests stating with their scribes, so that we may see and believe. I like what Charles Spurgeon had to say on this. That is the world's way, but Christ's way is believe and you will see. Christ off the cross is admired by the people of the world, but Christ on the cross is the hope and stay of believers. Don't you get it? Don't you see it right there? Is it better for the culture in this world to say that he's a great teacher? But when you say that, you also are saying he's a great teacher even though he's crazy. And he's saying that he's God. Even though he's doing these miracles in front of all these people. So, it's it just weird that people will accept that easily. But then when they look to the supernatural... They have to dismiss it, even if everything around it is true. So don't say he's a good teacher, because why would you ever say that of someone who's crazy? So please, I beg you, look at him, because he's real. He's really God. He's really the Son of Man, the Son of God. And he is the bridge that can save you. Don't be of the world. It will only lead to death. Don't cling to your old self as hard as it is. Trust me, it's, it's painful giving up your old life so that you may live. God gave us a choice in there. For God so loved the world, he died for all of us. Even the ones who openly and freely walk away from this free gift of grace and salvation. Why? Because he loves all of his creation. Jesus loves you and is knocking at your door right now. And the God, the infinite and all-powerful, all-knowing entity of this world, of this universe, is giving you a choice. That if you accept his son and have faith in him, that you will live. He gave us the choice of freedom because of his love for us. And because he freely wants that love returned to him so that he so freely gives, us, gives to us daily. That he, and through his son, so freely gave on the cross for us, for me, for you. Jesus loves you and wants to have a relationship with you right now. Open up the door for your life for him. He's already waiting right there. If you need prayers or have a questions, feel free to message me at themoretruth at gmail.com. That is T-H-E- M-O-H-R-T-R-U-T-H at gmail.com If you need a church to attend to, there are plenty that live stream right now if you just Google for one. Please, I'm begging you, think about it. Thank you again for listening. I appreciate your time. God bless you. Thank you.